0: Joining with me today uh, is David Dodds and David is the CEO uh, of Sackers and uh, David, it's fantastic for you to be here with us today and we're in fact inviting us into your uh, <laughs> leadership lounge, your office uh, overlooking uh, one of the sites of, of Sackers, so thank you for giving up your time for us today. That's my pleasure, Colin, and welcome. Yeah, great, thank you. So David, uh, our, our kind of listeners uh, want to just find out a little bit about you. So, um, What's your story? How did you get into the recycling industry that Sackers is a part of?
1: Um, yes, so uh, at school I wanted to join the RAF. So I went down and had an uh, interview with the RAF and uh, didn't go the way I was expecting it to go. So I went back and said to my father, um, not sure what I want to do now. So I said, come and have a job with us. Um, and this was in the 70s. Yeah. So that was my first introduction into the recycling world. Yeah, and day one fell in love with it.
0: And, and so I assume, just on that day one, you weren't suddenly moved into your current role as CEO. So, what's the journey been like for you in in the industry? What where did you start, and and what what sort of things did you experience as you came through?
1: Ah, okay. So, very a great question. I started literally on the ground floor. So. And that was pre forklifts in those days yeah. so it was sack wheelbarrow wheel um a lot of manual handling and it was just literally learning the trade and it was mainly metals then we we did very little in the waste management side mm-hmm. um so it was all about metals non-ferrous metals ferrous metals and just understanding from some great experienced people my father And his colleagues in the business, it wasn't as big as it is now, Mm. but they had some people that that had been there all their life. So what they didn't know about the metal industry, you could
0: write on a stamp.
1: So I had a great grounding.
0: Yeah. So this grounding, just working alongside the people, as you say, right from ground level, learning from their experience, what would you say that's brought you now in your current role as, as CEO? How's that been beneficial to you?
1: It it keeps you honest. It absolutely keeps you grounded Mm. um, because fundamentally, and if we just talk about the metals industry, fundamentally it's about your understanding of the metals industry um, because it's a buying and it's a selling opportunity. And that's what we we do. Uh, Our job is we convert from raw material into a prime material that one of our clients around the world can use to make something else. So you have to have a fundamental, basic knowledge of all the metals. Mm. That's what that gave me very early doors. But it also gave me a really good grounding into into relationship building. Into mm-hmm. you know how, how do we get the best out of people? Mm. Um, how do we how do we how do we work at optimum? And. It, it was a, it was honestly it was a really i didn't know it at the time yeah you know because you 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 go to work you do your day-to-day stuff i wasn't in management i was just literally one of the one of the boys sweeping the floor yeah yeah it's not until you look back 30 40 years back now and thinking okay so yeah i i i learned that relationship yeah um and i benefited from that relationship and i took those skills onto the next, the next level that I did, yeah. and just built and built and built. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, but it was all unknown at the time. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I think you're totally right. You don't realize, you say it's just the day-to-day, mm-hmm. but you're learning those really early skills about relationship, and in your case as well, that some of the the core things around the metals that you then turn into components, parts, or aspects that you then use to, to yes. sell on. Yeah, which yeah. is uh, brilliant, thank you. So you, you've now obviously moved on from being on on the floor on the shop floor, uh, and you're now the CEO of Sackers. So, what does that involve for you? You hinted a little bit about that in that earlier question, but what what does it involve being CEO? It's um, taking the direction of the business now.
1: Where do we want to take the business in six months, twelve months, eighteen months, twenty four, four years, five years, six years? What's mm. the What's the strategy? Um, and it gives me the ability to. Uh, our chairman calls it. I don't know if it is. It, should we should we talk about the chairman? Yeah. Okay. So uh, our chairman uh, calls it about the um, conducting of the orchestra now. Yeah. So from early doors to um, being CEO, I was in partnership with my, with my brother. We were joint MDs. He had one responsibility. I had the other, and we jointly took the business took the business forward together. Mm. Mm but now agents retired, I've taken on the sole responsibility of the business. Um, it's, it was initially quite difficult to get out of the, the day-to-day stuff, mm. the stuff that I was doing on a, you just naturally get used to doing it, but actually building the team, putting horsepower into the, into the team, giving them uh, prospects, career, and give them,
0: uh, give them pathways. Mm.
1: And that's that's my job as CEO.
0: Yeah. And as CEO, David, you talked about um, developing people uh, and and earlier on, you talked about getting to know people at the shop floor. And then you've talked about these pathways. So how how do you practically develop uh, those that are working alongside you and do that strategically as a CEO?
1: That's another really good question. The biggest, the biggest point of that is actually being able to carve enough time out of your day, and giving it to the to the team that you are developing onto the next onto the next uh, platform. Mm. If you don't give enough time out of your day to uh, get all this information, uh, all this history all these relationships that I've built over, over the last 15 20 years if you don't give enough time uh, the job is only going to get half done mm. um, and you're setting people up to fail mm. so it's really clear that I've got to give these got to give the next generation gen z mm. the time and the opportunity to to take to progress yeah
0: so it's about giving them time uh, giving that opportunity, identifying in them kind of what you see in them and how you can develop them in that mm, pathway. Very much so. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so what is it about the industry that you love? You talked about starting off in, you know, the shop floor and you're still here how many years later? Uh, 40 plus. Right, 40 plus years. You're uh, still involved in it. And, 40, 44. Yeah, and, and I know from talking to you outside of this, you know, you're, you're passionate about it as well. So what is it about the industry that that's caused that you to stay in it and remain passionate about it?
1: There's the sustainability bit. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really interesting to know that aluminium, copper, steel is infinitely recyclable. Mm. And of course, that wasn't part of our, that wasn't part of our, our everyday language. 45 45 mm. years ago not 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 as a raw 16 year old mm. you didn't think about recyclability and sustainability it was just a job mm. but suddenly the industry has woken up to okay this is a really really important industry um and we're talking about co2 savings and we're talking about uh Say so, so we don't have to do so much mining of the alumina, of the copper ore, mm. of the iron yeah. ore. How can we make this a How can we make this a a better planet? Yeah, and not just what Sackers do, but the industry worldwide. I'm super proud of the professional ad professionalism yeah. that the industry shows. Uh, as an industry, yeah, we've been doing it 100, 150, if not 200 years. Yeah. But without the recognition that we actually have got in the last four or five years, it really has gone global. Yeah. Uh, and I'm super proud to be to be part of that yeah. uh, part of that journey.
0: So sustainability has been a key thing for you then. And just seeing actually, as you say, how some of these items can just keep Yep. keep being sustainable yep. and, and looking after the planet as part of mm-hmm. that process anything else that's kind of kept you in it is there anything around the people the people
1: hundred percent mm. people mm. Uh, it, it's such a diverse group of uh, clients that we that we sell to, um, clients that we buy from like I said earlier, Colin, we're a conversion business. Mm. we buy raw material, be it scrap, be mm. it waste, we convert it into a product that the next person can use mm. without having to dig it out of the out of the out of the ground to mm. make something from virgin ore. Mm. Um, the people that we meet on a day-to-day, week by week, year on year basis, that's the bit that gets me out of bed yeah. in the morning.
0: So so you say people you meet, obviously they're the, the people that you work with here in, in Sackers, but you also meet people I, I, I know you go abroad as part of that. So what's the kind of range of people that you meet then, a range of cultures that you meet? Or...
1: Yeah, I have been very, very lucky in my career that there's not many continents that I've not been to because we've wanted to explore what the business opportunity there mm. is. And my job on the commercial side was to go and develop the, the opportunity and understand, okay, does it have legs? If it doesn't, okay, let's pull back and let's, let's mm. look for the next thing. Mm. And I've been very, very lucky that I've been to many, many communities around the world that actually, it's broadened my horizon, no question. The places in India, one of our biggest markets mm. that we sell all our recycled products to, it's fascinating how they operate at various, well, all the levels, Yeah, wise um, business-wise. Um, Outside business, the way that they do things, um, and then of course into Southeast Asia, and then of course into China, and we're starting to develop a little bit in South America. It's been it's been eye opening mm. what the opportunities and the stuff that you learn as well. You can bring that you can bring the ideas back and mm. say this. This works for them, and mm. you know, but we ought to start thinking about doing these yeah, things. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely shaped me as an individual and also as a businessman. Yeah. What's
0: well, interesting just hearing you talking about your journey and also the, the current position meeting people, what, what's striking me is your ability to learn. You learn from the colleagues you first worked with, learn from your, your clients you're talking about there as well, and that willingness as a leader to be listening and open to discover stuff. Uh, a key part perhaps of, of leadership, that willing to look, listen and learn, do you think?
1: Yeah. Look, listen, and learn is, 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 is really good. Um, I also, as, as a leader, it, it's my job to give everybody uh, a purpose, give the business a direction, and that means trying new things. Mm. Because a company that doesn't try new things actually is a stationary business, mm. and within a few years, it will, it will, go, into, it will go into decline. Mm. Um, I like the analogy of uh, success is going from failure to failure without the lack of anything of enthusiasm, mm. uh, and I live and breathe that because I'm probably the most enthusiastic person in in this, and the, we have some very enthusiastic persons, but but I just live and breathe this business, mm. and uh, hopefully that permeates. All the way
0: through yeah yeah and and what you've done from that is learning as you've gone along as you've you've said as part of that yes brilliant okay so you you've mentioned uh you've mentioned kind of some of your current role as ceo has been about developing people and and so i'm interested in terms of as a ceo what you see your vision as some of the people we do work with is really about finding what's your vision and what's your purpose so what would you say yours is? What's your vision, first of all, as as CEO?
1: Um, it's all about talent talent management. The next the next generation mm. always wanting to invest in the next in the next generation. So, putting a big emphasis on making sure that whatever whatever level the person comes into this business has the opportunity to. To grow and prosper mm. and and take the opportunity if they want it, if they really want to want to do it mm. and i get I get the big warm, fuzzy feeling of of imparting my knowledge and experience onto the next generation to help them grow and make them a uh, a stronger, more confident person and have the ability to to make decisions without having to refer mm. or push up problems, mm. and when I see people doing that suddenly thinking, yep, they've got it mm. yep they've mm. got it, um, that really makes me very warm and fuzzy,
0: yeah so. I, I see this as actually one of the key things about a leader. Actually, is about generating more leaders and mm-hmm. empowering them, as you, just as you've described that ability to make decisions, yeah. that ability to to grow in what they're doing. What would be your your kind of methodology then that you use? That I think you you kind of talked a bit earlier about you identify something in them. So what is it when you're working with those potential leaders to become you know great leaders? What is it? What are the sort of things you look for to identify that they're the right characters for your business uh
1: I've, i think for me that's very very simple um the height of their attitude will determine the depth of, i got that wrong
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can start again I, yeah. for me it's very simple because yeah, we yeah. can
1: ben can edit yeah, yeah. that yeah um the depth of their attitude will determine the height of their altitude
0: like, like that Depth of their attitude will determine the height of that altitude. Yeah, yeah. And so when you're looking at attitude, if we probe this one a bit further, what, what is it about attitude that you look for? Because I think and I think for our listeners, if they're thinking, yeah, how do I grow leaders within my business? What is it about attitude that you particularly pick up?
1: Um, people who really want to continually improve, who have a continuous improvement mentality. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, you can absolutely can teach it. Uh, but it's much easier if they have from day one mm. come through a system that I, and it doesn't matter what part of what part of um uh mm. society they live in if they have a mentality to always want to be better than they were yesterday. Mm. Colin, the rest is easy. Yeah, (laughs) it really, it really, really is easy. Yeah, because any leader will absolutely invest in the right person Mm. at the right at the right time. Mm. Because it's the investment in people Mm. that will uh, that will determine the success of your business.
0: So it's that real sense that they want to grow. So they have that growth mindset. They're like a sponge, willing to take feedback and all because they want to become better.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah and also putting the pathways in and also giving them support as well because in 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 the rawest form we actually want people to fail a few times yes because they've got to know what that tastes like and have the ability to allow um people to fail actually will then very often make them a little bit hungrier thinking that tasted horrible (coughs) i I didn't like that. And it allows them to form a bond with their colleagues to say, uh, their peers say, look, I've got this particular problem. This is what I'm gonna do. Um, put some feedback on that. Um, so you you are reaching out. Mm. This is at their at, at, at their own peer level, mm. um, and, and not pushing the problem up to their to their line manager, mm. allowing them to make their decisions. Yeah, take them, take some, take some uh, uh, conversations from from their colleagues. Mm. Um, but if you allow them to 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 fail, then they've got the opportunity to to get to get stronger at all times. Yeah,
0: and I think you're right because I think it gives them also. They learn some strategies then. That if I am in a position of failure, what are the steps I do to to, to grow and move out from it as well? Yeah, yeah. But as I'm as I'm hearing you talk about this, I think it's it's spot on in terms of leadership. But it takes guts as a as a CEO to allow that to happen. Because ultimately, you know, our business is in your case, it is here to make some money. And that failure could mean that it might not make quite so much money in mm-hmm. that moment. So yeah. how do you juggle that tension as a as a CEO? Because again, I'm sure a number of my listeners are going, yeah, we wholeheartedly agree with that, David, but, but what if it's going to cost us? Uh, how, do you, how do you juggle that? Um, with
1: parameters. So they'll yeah. have certain expectations and there'll be a reporting structure that if it goes over, mm. um, their budgeted number, then they do need to seek um, mm-hmm. further advice or some management, uh, further management, higher management um, uh, uh, information to let them get to the decision that they need to need to get to. Yeah, and of course, what we're trying to do is, is not take that decision making away. If they're really unsure and the, and the number becomes quite big, then yeah, that's. Of course, we don't want to lose lots and lots of money. Yeah. But 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 ultimately, people will only learn from failure. Like I said. Yeah. Yeah. Success is going from failure to failure without the loss of enthusiasm. Yeah. As long as people don't lose that enthusiasm to to win. Yeah. Then. Um,
0: the rest should the rest should be easier, yeah, so uh, what I'm hearing you talking about is you put some safety parameters in there, yeah, so that that's helpful and safe for the business, yes, but by allowing them to operate within those parameters, mm-hmm. it means they can learn things and yeah. grow from things, yes and ultimately, then, of course, it makes them even stronger future leadership. Yes. Uh, I was hearing somebody say the other the other day about where they've made a big mistake, lost lots of money for their company. And they were then talking to their boss and saying, mm-hmm. oh, I assume you're going to sack me now. And he said, why would I sack you? We've just paid for the most expensive professional development that we ever could have paid for. Yeah. And so we want you've learned from that. Yeah. now, and, mm-hmm. and you'll become greater and stronger as yeah. a result. Absolutely. Of it. So, yeah but what you're talking about is just providing some parameters that keeps Mm -hmm. that safe as part of that, so that's that's fantastic. So David, I'm I'm just hearing you talking about the way you want to develop people and identifying people. For me, heart and character is quite important uh, as leaders, a heart for the people we work for, and I'm already picking that up from you. And then our other one is around character, doing the right thing even when no one's looking. So how do you, as a CEO, as, as a, you know, an example leader to others within your organization, how do you main, maintain good character? You strike me from our previous conversations, meeting in, in the Suffolk Chamber as a man of, of good character. So how do you maintain that and model that to the leaders within your organization?
1: Um, it's a really great question. It's very often done without too much without too much thinking about it, um, i li- I like the bit about it's doing the right thing when no one's no one 's looking as a as the partner owner of the business um, and also the CEO, it would feel really strange if i didn 't do it for the one hundred and ten people. And their families mm. at any at any given time. Mm. I've got 110 people in the business that I'd walk over hot coals for mm. because I know that they have my back 24 um, seven. So actually, doing the right thing when no one's looking. How do I continue doing that? I th- I think that's quite an easy ask, and it it's for the future of the business and making sure that the next generation see what I do on a day-to-day basis and pick up those and pick up those habits yeah
0: And, and what I'm picking out from that is is just you said you do it almost automatically and it's because you are automatically thinking about exactly as you said the 110 people who work here and their families and you have a heart for them and they have a heart for you and and actually we were saying off camera beforehand how we noticed that just when we visit Sackers that there is a there's about a relationship between uh, people who work here and the and the CEO Uh, and that that doesn't come by accident does it it comes because you look out for them and therefore they look out for you. Um, yes, So it, when you're then looking to develop people within your organization, is it, the, is it the same thing around their character that you look out for, or are there other aspects around maintaining good character you look for in those that you're developing to?
1: Um, it's around their people skills, because mm. commercial skills can be, and depending on what part of the business, what part of the business that they, they're coming into, yeah. um, they're, their people skills are probably the most important um, bit to get bit to get right, mm. because what we can't afford to do in any organisation is to insert a rotten apple into a into an organisation that's uh, that's is well greased mm. um, and and moving and uh, moving on. We have a very good culture running through running through the business. Mm and we want to maintain that at all, at all times
0: mm, mm. so it, it is uh, yeah as you say the culture is key so bringing people in of that mm-hmm. same ethos and mindset mm-hmm. and uh, is is key to, to maintaining yes. that yeah. so uh, as we kind of draw our interview towards him we've got a chance for one or two more questions and then we're going to ask you as we do traditionally on this podcast for your top tip um so when you are looking to work with people you talked about um, creating that that kind of culture and maintaining that culture. What is it that you look for then when employing staff as well to come into that team? Are there any key aspects?
1: Um, the very first the very first time I will meet someone, um, I just check for the smile. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. Um, because then that dictates that tells me um, the type of. That what the next five minutes is going to is going to mm. is going to be like, mm. and of course they might be as nervous as hell. Yeah. In which case, there's going to be no smile. Mm. But of course, you will pick that up pretty quickly. Mm. And my job is to put them at ease. Mm. Say, okay, let's just take a bunch of coffee. Let's just talk about the football. Did you watch the rugby? Mm. Uh, and just yeah, that's that's my that that's my role. But I do, I do see the smile in the first in the first couple of minutes. Yeah. And that tells me that actually the whether they're completely and utterly approachable Mm. and whether they are culturally what we're looking for in this
0: business. Yeah. So I think that's amazing, isn't it? We can read all these leadership books, but actually it comes down to something as simple as what's their smile like? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How do they engage with people? Mm -hmm. And then that tells you whether that's a cultural fit for your organization. A hundred percent. And, and,
1: And and I'm sorry, it's not more dynamic or uh, or, or, or be, anything like that. But yeah. it's a, it's a really simple metric for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I can, you know, if they're pl- really pleased to see me, yeah, because they know what they're coming in for, uh, then that just that's uh, that's. A really good
0: starter yeah. for Tim. I think what I love, David, about this is for me leadership often is very simple and yeah. it is often about those simple things like yeah. how do they smile when we first meet yeah. meet them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and that's what I think you know we want our listeners to be picking up on is, is the simple basics. Yeah. yeah. We mm-hmm. focus on that and you've talked about this is our culture and therefore we look for people who fit that culture. Yeah, yeah. And our culture is one where actually we're looking out for each other and therefore the way people smile will give me an indicator that yeah, they're going to be one those Don't people. Don't
1: overcomplicate it. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Don't
1: overcomplicate it.
0: So, uh, David, kind of as we pull our our kind of session to a close, um, we'd love to spend more time chatting even further, hearing more about your story. But w- w- what we've picked up is this real sense for you that you have a heart for your people, and they have a heart for you. Uh, that you've learned lots over the years in terms of. Um, You know, the people that you've met, both that you work with here, but also customers. We've heard this real sense of uh, that ability of looking out for the simple things like the smile and particularly looking at how you develop people uh, as a CEO. You you see this as a key part of your role. But what for you would be your your top tip or top tips in terms of leadership uh, for our listeners?
1: The very best tip is do not... Underinvest in your people mm. you cannot put a price on training and paying the right price for the right person at the right time mm. Infl- capex all that all that infrastructure stuff that's really important because you've you got to do your, you've got to do the manufacturing bit as well because that's exactly what we are. We are manufacturers mm. but if your people are not right in the first place then all that manufacturing capability just sinks away mm. when you haven't got the right people and they haven't been trained correctly. Mm. So invest the right price in the right people at all times.
0: Brilliant, love, love that because it's such clarity, isn't it? Again, we talked about going back to those basics and doing those well, find the right people, invest in them, uh, and, and you will get them contributing to your organization, which then actually brings even more benefit in your case. yeah, hundred percent, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, brilliant. David, it's been fantastic. Thank you for giving up some of your time. No, here. it's my pleasure. Thank it, you very much for your time. Yeah, in, here in the Leadership Lounge, which is here at Sackers, and, and for those who are watching and listening, you can hear this is a real live site, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, Absolutely. We've got it uh, Noisy. behind us. Noisy and yeah, thank you for your time. Thank you for your your lessons around leadership and telling us a little bit about yourself and your journey. It's been fantastic. My pleasure, Colin. Thank
1: you very much. Yeah, Thank
0: you. OK, thank you. So thank you for joining us on the Leadership Lounge. Uh, we look forward to joining us next month where we'll meet another one of our guests. But thank you today for David and for sharing his wisdom with us.